afternoon, good morning, everyone, wherever you are, whatever time of day it is. Um, welcome again to the Near Memo with Mike, Greg, and David, where we talk about search, social media, and commerce, and what it means, why we think it's interesting, and so on and so forth. Um, the, I flubbed that a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, today, we've got a number, uh, sort of an all SMB uh, program here, I think, today. And we're going to start out with uh, Mike and the uh, and the, the uh, talk acquisition by Squarespace. So why was that interesting to you, Mike? So David mentioned talk. And it was the first I'd actually heard of them several weeks ago in a near memo. And they had recently introduced a subscription-based delivery service that was sort of a rel much, much lower cost than DoorDash type of thing. So it was a much more restaurant friendly and they have taken a restaurant friendly approach. I went and looked them up to their uh, reservations. They just, they come out of the restaurant industry. So Squarespace is a very horizontal product, but uh, Talk is a very vertical product. And I thought it was sort of a brilliant play on their part that I see a huge market opportunity in restaurants. There are a million restaurants in the United States, even with the losses from the last year. 70% uh, are single unit operations. It's still an area where a a family can create wealth for themselves, unlike most uh, industries in this country, like retail is now lost to that. And I see it as uh, having a lot of potential there. I mean, table, I looked this up at the National Restaurant Association, table restaurants make approximately $300 billion in sales annually. It's a huge market. I think it's, I think it's bigger than that. Well, this was just table service restaurants. Oh, okay. Right? The fine, right. fine dining, the fine dining, right? Yeah. And the, it, it, it just is, it offers wealth creation opportunities for, and while certain segments like fast food and casual are largely controlled and been rolled up by national brands, the desire, and I think this will only increase for true local ethnic and boutique restaurants will be strong. And these restaurants have historically, you know, used Facebook for their marketing. They're weak on understanding the value of websites and of search. So there's a tremendous amount of upside and uh, and it's not largely underappreciated in that industry. And as I demonstrated in Spot to Be case study I did last year, massive amounts of new traffic is being driven by Google to restaurants through maps and search and the local pack. And it's a huge recurring revenue opportunity well beyond website hosting uh, in terms of several hundreds of dollars, if not more a month, because they need, depending on where you're at in the, in the stack, they need reservation services and they need delivery and all you know, sorts of things that I think are, are, are interesting. And there's going to be, and there's this huge, as you pointed out in this week's newsletter about the pent up consumer demand, I think it's going to really, really strike in, in restaurants. I don't know if you, uh, remember that. That review I sent you earlier in the week. This was yes. from Chelsea Lapp. She wrote up a Bacchus wine bar in Buffalo. And, and I went to look them up today to learn a bit more about them. And to my point, their website is offline. I clicked on their website on GMB and their website was offline. And this review is just so amazing to me because I read it and she it's, and it's very long. It's like it a, is long. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple yeah, little snippets of it. But she and her boyfriend created a bucket list of restaurants they wanted to go to. And I thought that was fascinating, right? Post-COVID. Post-COVID. And this was one of the first ones they went to. It's not post-COVID, but, and they were just so enamored. They thought it was pure magic, even though it was outside their budget. And they built their list from TripAdvisor and Yelp, but they wrote this review on Google. So the whole thing just demonstrates to me all of what you've been saying during the week. And I just thought it was, I think it's a 
a smart acquisition. You, it, you know, it, it strikes me that going out to eat is the new vacation, you know, at least in the short term, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, because you're not going to be able to travel that much that far. And once things start opening up and you've been double jabbed, the local restaurant seems your oyster. That's right. I also thought it was a very smart acquisition. Um, Mike, I'll piggyback on a couple of things you said. Uh, for one thing, restaurant or excuse me, websites are a very sticky product we know in the SaaS world. So Squarespace, you know, sort of already has a, a pretty good trajectory of of sticky revenue. Um, and I have to think that a back office operational system like Talk uh, is also a very sticky product. So I think from that standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. The difference is that Squarespace can only really charge ten or fifteen bucks a month for a website, just given the the you know, very competitive website building space, but talk has established a much higher price point, very high value product uh, for this restaurant industry. Um, it'll be interesting to me to see whether this means talk is going to expand beyond the restaurant vertical into some of the other categories where Squarespace is really popular, for instance, salons and, you know, health and beauty services. I could very easily see talk, you know, getting into some sort of appointment booking space. Um, it's a really well-designed app from the consumer side, as is Squarespace. Uh, so I, you know, without knowing a lot of the financial details, I know some of them were reported as cash and stock. I have no idea what talk's growth rate is or anything like that, but strategically it strikes me as a very good fit, very good, uh, I hate the word synergy, but you know, there's, there's, it seems like a win-win for, for both you, players. You have so. to believe that they've done that analysis. How, how, how elastic is this and how many categories could we expand this into? Um, you have to think that they've done that, that, and 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 there probably are four or five that they could extend it into. Mike, it, unlike you know, I think it aligns them very business. Both services are very business focused. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing that that is it's they're really the anti Yelp in terms of, cons of their consumer sentiment towards their products. Uh, both very very well regarded, I think, in the you know alignable. So the, so the interesting so. question that arises in my mind from this is you know there I, I included a chart that that sort of laid out a, a bunch of the website builders interestingly wordpress wasn't on there um but uh you know to what extent does this now put pressure on others i i, I you know wix has done a bunch of acquisitions and i can't think about the top of my head but they like recently wix, announced a gmb integration for example right wix yeah did. right so to what extent do these website companies now i mean they've all had marketing services GoDaddy's had marketing services forever but to what extent do they need to really get into these sort of back office much more integrated e-commerce-y uh, kind of functionality to sort of remain competitive with one another does this then spur others to do similar kinds of acquisitions or look at this kind of th stuff themselves do you think i absolutely think so if they haven't already done it and i think that this is a real in addition to being in addition to having a steep learning curve in order to make updates and customizations, WordPress is really at a disadvantage here by not having all of this stuff really well integrated uh, out of the gate. Obviously, the advantage of WordPress is third-party plugins, but I, I see Squarespace and Square and Shopify as really being miles ahead of the competition, including Wix, uh, in a lot of this functionality. Um, and in terms of backend user experience, as someone who's helped several dozen SMBs set up a website in the last couple of years, 
you know, the other players are just so far behind the curve that I think that they will probably have to make acquisitions to catch up. In fact, up. Square, Square went from being a, a, a uh, POS system and then sort of CRM tool to building websites. So they went in the other direction. They acquired, they acquired yeah, Weebly in exactly. order to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, it's, and, and Weebly has made great strides as a platform, uh, both on the UX side as well as the SEO side of the published website. So um, I credit the somewhere in the Square uh, employee product ecosystem as someone who understands the importance of SEO, and they've done a great job of that. It's interesting that a website becomes a feature in a back-end office suite. Yeah. And it, and it, it, I think I mean, that's true. It, the, the, the discussion around websites feels different to me now than it used to. Like, it, it, you know, just a couple of years ago, we, we don't need to rehash this, but websites was sort of a commodity product and not that interesting anymore. And now it feels sort of like there's a comeback here and there's much more importance being placed on, on websites, but websites plus these other tools as an integrated platform. That's, that's right. And I think just if I could give a small plug to the local marketing stack, uh, which is this framework I came up with four or five years ago, I think you're seeing the the sort of more fundamental back back office systems like Square and Shopify, of course, has sort of always had a website, but that this this back end functionality is really actually more central to the success of a business than a website. And we're starting to see, you know, this sort of co- the coming together of multiple functions um, to enable both online and offline commerce to uh, piggyback on a consistent theme. I mean, the web, the web, the web site three dot oh four dot oh five dot oh is is sort of partly being driven by e commerce in a in a way. You know, I mean, even if the e commerce is is just uh, some sort of um, you know. Uh, appointment booking and not total uh, shopping cart transactions. Okay, so let's let's go to you, David, on that note. Um, and your item this week: messaging, GMB. Sure. So I uh, I forget. I must have seen Joy tweet about this, but she wrote an article for Local U um, detailing the pro- the process of messaging a business and. After the message had sent, uh, Google prompting her to see if she wanted to get a quote from three other competitors of the business to whom she had sent the message. For a brand search. It wasn't even a keyword search. It was a brand search. So she looked for a specific business. Right. And, and, And messaged them from their Google My Business profile and then got their competitors showing up on their Google My Business profile. Darren Shaw has also highlighted in the last week um, that Google now seems to be showing in certain instances, this is not as replicable, uh, but seems to be showing competitors even for brand searches uh, in more and more places on the, the business profile. And this is interesting to me for a couple reasons. We've talked about, historically, we've talked about the importance of messaging to Google's 2021 and beyond GMB strategy. So this seems like a bizarre uh, feature for Google to have added in if they want more businesses to adopt messaging. I mean, this is probably the biggest disincentive I can think of for a business to adopt messages in GMB on top of the fact that it's a pain in the butt to you know respond to all these in real time. Um, but to, to present Google with the opportunity to show your competitors seems uh, very uh, counterproductive. I, I agree that it seems for very, Google to do this. It seems very strange. I agree. Go ahead. And the other thing is just to reemphasize something Mike and I have been saying for years, which is that your quote unquote Google My Business profile is not really your Google My Business profile, it's Google's. 
Um, and, and you need to build equity in things that you actually own, which are your website and your own customer list. I used to say it was, you used to rent your presence at Google, but now it's like you're renting a chair Sub, at WeWorks. You're a sublet. That's right. You don't know if you're going to get the same chair next week. I mean, it's a it, frac- it, fractional ownership, like a timeshare now. Absolutely. Totally <laughs> tone right. deaf. Classic Google tone well, small business so Yelp, tone deaf. So Yelp, Yelp kind of does the same thing with their RFP, RFQ product. You know, Which you, is, you, what is, what does that say for? Well, you a request for proposal or quote. Oh, okay. So right. it's essentially lead gen where you, you look up, a, you know, you have a, a, you need a plumber and you can, you can ask for them to give you a quote on, you know, I haven't used it in a while. And then they have a, a list below of, of comparable, you know, competitive businesses and they, and they are checked by default. So you're going to send your lead out to multiple businesses unless you uncheck the the boxes and even though you're focused on a single business you've identified the business you want to talk to them they they default to this you know multiple lead uh, approach which i i think is unfortunate well some places it makes sense like in local service ads where you're look doing a search a category looking search, for a though. quote a category search right yeah and you're looking specifically to get a quote in a category search makes total sense and i think google's yep. work there is actually halfway decent but Putting it on a knowledge graph for a brand search seems just well. It's, it's up. That's a, that's a head and tail kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure the people who are doing the consumer thinking are saying this is a great service for our customers. You know, well, that's what that's choices. what Google said to us when we asked them about it in a meeting a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's a great. You know, I've done these searches myself. This is what I would want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so. Uh, you know, there were a lot of things that caught my eye this week and that were interesting. Um, uh, I'm not going to talk about Amazon opening discount stores or the rumor about them opening discount stores before COVID. I'm not going to talk about Walgreens opening a bank. What I will talk about is the acquisition of uh, uh, advertising platform Addy by Ground Truth, which is a location intelligence company that does location-based ads and does um, audience targeting and offline attribution using location data. And so this this is a small business ad platform that enables business owners to create ads across digital media and traditional media, interestingly, magazines, uh, direct mail, out of home might be in there. I, I forget the list of the total list. Um, it's all sort of display. It looks all like it's display advertising. And there there have been multiple, just sort of as a historical digression, there have been multiple versions of this over the years. You know, people that were trying to simplify display advertising for small businesses and the ad creative and create dynamic combinations. And, um, you know, there I, I should go back through the, through the archives. I mean, there's been a whole bunch of these guys. But Ground Truth bought them. And it's it's it looks complementary sort of. Uh, Ground Truth, I think, has made a big bet on the small business marketplace. Many of its competitors uh, have gone into the enterprise and are dealing with a, a much more sophisticated buyer. But Ground Truth has had some traction in small business, not to the exclusion entirely of enterprise. And I think this is an extension of that, an acquisition strategy, sort of extending their value proposition, a differentiator from a small business standpoint. Execution, of course. Is a different matter, but kind of interesting. So you were a big skeptic of this, David. What are what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm just I'm I'm not necessarily skeptical of Addy as a product uh, at all, and I'm not skeptical of the strategic fit for Ground Truth necessarily. Um, I just feel that it is 
uh, not the first place that I, it was, it's not the place I would spend my first advertising dollar if I were a small business. Um, so let's say I've got a Square or a Squarespace talk sort of integration set up. Uh, I'm not sure that I would think to do programmatic advertising until I was in business for a couple of years and I had a full-time marketing person helping me understand, you know, where, where these ads should be placed, um, how to do proper attribution, all of those things. I think it's a, I think that the execution of this um, is a, it's more complex than a, a Facebook, you know, promoted post to a specific audience. Uh, and B, I think it's probably more expensive to do that, particularly when you're talking about traditional media. Um, now, maybe there's a secret sauce there that I don't understand if they're, you know, for, for instance, if they're buying unused ad slots on, you know, Comcast that are available at a deep I, discount I and enabling an SMB to get into those kind of slots. I, I think that's I great. I think there's some, but, some of that probably going on. You can buy magazine. Yeah, you can so buy magazine I, inventory with this also, physical magazines. Right, and so typically we haven't seen the level of, of um, return on ad spend on on print media that we do in digital. Maybe that's changing as digital gets more expensive and more competitive. We we might be reaching an equilibrium. Um, I just think it's not. Again, it's not the first place I would spend my ad dollars as a as a relatively small business and and the question then becomes okay so if i do have if i am a sophisticated enough business to have a full-time marketer or to have hired an agency you know do i need a self-service ad product or is that something that i'm hiring so, someone to do so for that's me? a very good point i think that the, you know the, the the this product is really probably for a a larger business small business still but somebody who's more sophisticated um mike i what, what did you have any thoughts? I don't want to. I, this is not no. something I know anything about. Yeah, so. well, I, I don't know the product well enough to really talk about how good or bad it is. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's. We were talking about how it's. Um, it's. It's. it's Paper G had a similar kind of objective, although entirely in the digital space. But there have been people have had this kind of idea before. I mean, forever and ever, these 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 um, publishers and agencies that work with small businesses, media companies have all said, "We're the one-stop shop, and we're going to give you complete coverage." Everywhere you need to be, and this is sort of another version of that, uh, although it has an you know an offline component to it, which I found really fascinating because in some instances I think, as David is saying, there may actually be some economical media buys. I mean, we'll have to see how it how it plays out. It's definitely it definitely gives them something more to say to the small business than this kind of relatively sophisticated uh, location data ad pitch. Find your audiences wherever they may be. You know, get, I mean, you can you can abstract it to a really simple pitch, but when you get into the mechanics of it, it's sort of complicated. So this may help uh, with with acquisition and with with a pitch. It's 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 kind of interesting. I mean, I I'd like to sort of learn more about it to really get a sense of whether it's it's viable. Do, do you know how Ground Truth is going to market today? Like, how are they how are they getting customers well, the, today? Is it through so they have Partners they have direct or... and they have resellers as as I haven't talked to them in a while. They have resellers, and they have direct sales, as far as I know. And um, I mean, I think it's I think it's a really tough sell to the small business. Uh, you know, it may work quite well. You know, it, what's interesting about Ground Truth is that they 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 w used to work with a lot of franchises. Maybe they still do. They they had a lot of franchise and QSR business. And they had introduced a pay-per-visit model. So you're only going to pay if somebody actually walks into the restaurant or walks into the store, which I thought was fascinating and seemed to be the direction the market was going. It's kind of a, an arbitrage thing in a way that they're doing, but they're, they're only charging the, 
the and ninth decimal then did this ninth decimal was acquired by in market um but but that model seems to have not really taken hold which is kind of interesting because it seems to be the ultimate performance marketing model for certain kinds of advertisers how much of that is affected by the apple idfa oh i think i think uh, well, this, is, this is the big question is how many people are going to opt in I've only seen one of those messages so far from Macy's, and I, of course, didn't opt in. Um, there's, there's some indication that people are, you know, depends on how you frame the question. Most people don't want to be tracked. Sometimes they're willing to share data if they see a tangible reward or return or benefit for it. So until, you know, there was some, so Location Sciences, a company in the UK, did some research that said 60% of people would, you know, not share location or so we're going to see a loss of location data. We're going to see a loss of IDFA information, but I don't know exactly how big it'll be. Maybe it's by half. That's not necessarily true on the Android side, and maybe you can model it, you know, and sort of do some extrapolation there. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, in a few months, we'll know better. So, all right. Very interesting. Well, it's a it's an interesting acquisition, and and uh, I certainly applaud Ground Truth for attempting to address the SMB market when so many competitors, as you said, are, are just going up. Market. I mean, I, so I do want to... Nice to see these solutions enabled for small yeah, businesses. Yeah, I do want to talk to them and get a little bit more insight into it. I haven't been had any time uh, this week. But um, anyway, do you want to say any final stuff uh, before we, we go this week, plug our Street Fight session, if that's relevant? Our, our weekly pitch of the Street Fight Summit, exactly. Yeah, and I, I believe Locally Advance is coming up next yes, week. Locally Advance next week, and then I just want to pitch our our three we, our newsletter, which has shifted to three times a week. Is that correct? Um, yes, which you can sign up for it based, based on your feedback. You you being the listeners, yes, absolutely. And so that's you can sign up for that at the website near near media.co. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, so yeah, absolutely, and give us give us feedback. I mean, it's it's been very valuable the feedback we've re- we've received so far. As Mike indicated, uh, this the frequency change is a direct result of that, and we'd love to hear what kind of coverage you want to see and any anything else you have to say to us. We're we're inviting you to do that. And if you're listening to this podcast and you'd love to see our beautiful faces, you can actually watch us on YouTube and follow us there as well. All right. And with that, everybody have a good week and a uh, happy Easter if you're celebrating Easter. Um, And if you're listening to this after Easter, well, hopefully it was good for you. And that's all I have to say. And enjoy the final four. Yes, and the final four, of course. All right. All right. right. So see you next Take care, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.